is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you would like. Just dial in toll-free at 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. And all the features on the site there are completely free. So enjoy those on us. Those other talk show hosts in the business, they want to charge you for accessing their websites Enjoy ours over at freetalklive.com. With you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. Allie. And Daryl. Allie returns after, uh, unfortunately, being under the weather last week. So That's right. Good to have you back. And Daryl, of course, here, and appreciate you being here, too. We'll take your calls about anything you want, 855-450-FREE. That, uh, again, the SACL CAI toll-free line. We've got huge news about uh, T- Tom Woods, who is going to be the speaker at the, the the keynote speaker at the uh, the Liberty Forum coming up in 2013, we'll tell you more about that as the show goes on uh, this evening. In other news, there's some serious, scary stuff going on. If you're a business owner in this country, and the story is coming from our website, freetalklive.com, you as a listener of the show can go to freetalklive.com and submit different content to the site. Uh, It then appears on the upcoming stories page where it must receive a certain number of votes in order to make it to the front page of our site. And this is one of those stories that made it to the front page of our site. By the Associated Press, audits of businesses for undocumented immigrants rising. U.S. Immigrations and Customs Enforcement, also known as ICE, reached its highest number yet of companies audited for undocumented immigrants on their payrolls this past fiscal year. Now, thankfully, I don't go through any of this business stuff. I just run my business, and I don't worry about filing taxes and filing I nine forms. Well, you don't whatever. have to worry, Ian. I am fully documented. Well, I'm glad. I, you know, I really don't care whether you're uh, <laughs> you're fully documented. I support people being able to come here and make a better life for themselves if that's what they feel is best for them. If they feel like they can live more free here. Then other countries around the world, they should be able to come here as long as they've got someone willing to rent to them and someone willing to, you know, put them in some kind of a job. Oh, so you mean that people should actually be able to do whatever they feel like as long as they're not harming any other actual person? Yeah, you know, I'm a radical, obviously. Uh, So what I didn't know, because I don't do all this legal stuff surrounding my business, is I didn't know about... These audits, like I'd heard about the IRS, verify stuff like that. Well, I'd heard about the e-verify thing, but that was when you sign up to work somewhere. That that's uh, the voluntary program. At least last I heard, it was voluntary. I presume they're going to force it on everyone at some point. Some but, states make it mandatory. Okay, because I know that a few years ago, Dunkin' Donuts. I saw a story in the news about how Dunkin' Donuts is voluntarily cross-checking all employee applicants against this e-verify thing. Uh, but it, but it was supposed to be voluntary at that time. You're saying it's been made mandatory in some states, but apparently not all of them. Anyway, so I'd heard about that, but that always seemed like, well, this was like a pre-application thing, and now I'm finding out that they're doing audits at any random time or any time they want to of business owners' employees. So it's not just that you're getting audited by the IRS, which is what every business owner's greatest fear was in the past, was oh my God, you don't want the IRS to come in and look through our books because we might have made a mistake. And if you make a mistake, then the IRS finds you and you know you get punished. You might go to jail, uh, things like that. That was always the big fear. But now you've got an extra fear, apparently, as a business owner, and that is that the 
ICE Department, Immigration and Customs Enforcement, is going to come into your business and demand to see your employee files and then, well, issue you some fines for that, too. How difficult is it to cover up employees? I mean, you could just say you have less when you really have more. Well, I suppose that you could say that you have fewer employees. I don't know how detailed the audits are. Thankfully, I haven't gone through anything like this, but it maybe could you be have. a thing to where they just show up and yep. start looking at people that are actually doing stuff and then say, Who is this? Hey, you, come here. Yep. Uh, I need to see some papers. Yep, they could very well do that. Or, you know, pick the person off the floor, take them into the office and say, We need to see the papers for this guy. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, there are absolutely ways they can do this and be very intimidating and Pay scary. Stubs. Audits of uh, employer I nine for I nine forms increased from two hundred and fifty in fiscal year two thousand and seven to more than three thousand in twenty twelve. From fiscal years two thousand nine to twenty twelve, the total amount of fines grew to nearly thirteen million dollars, up from one million dollars. So these guys are getting busy when it comes to checking out the I-9 forms of businesses across this country because whenever you don't cross the T's right or fill out the forms correctly, you get yourself a fine. And it's just easy money for the ICE department in this case. Now, is there some kind of federal law that is requiring ICE to do this or is ICE just going off on their own? I would. I we can learn more or, about the program. What does the here. article say? I don't know this. Uh, this story. <clears throat> excuse me. The AP story generally just talking about you know how these audits are rising. I don't know the details about uh, about how the, how they all work exactly. Um, certainly, if you're a business owner and you have experienced one of these audits, would love to hear from you. By the way, the story was submitted to our website by J King eighty seven sixty seven. So thanks to uh, to that person for bringing it to our attention in the first place. But generally, you know, governmental agencies don't have a mandate to do a certain amount of enforcing. So they're motivated, most of them, by simply the fact that they get the money. I mean, the same thing like the DEA. Yeah, there are laws that allow the DEA to do enforcing, but do they do one raid versus another or 10 raids versus five? Those, there aren't generally laws saying you have to do a certain minimum of raids per year or anything like that it's just that there's money in it for them so they've got the motivation necessary to to do what they're supposed to do right like like i was asking you know i just didn't know if there was maybe some kind of law that gave ice extra enforcement abilities where what two years ago they did 250 and well, you know, you got to you got they're doing 3000. So with anything new that you do, you got to dip your toe in the the shallow end of the pool so to speak, kind of get get your feet wet and uh get get a feel for the the paperwork and how to enforce it and what the best way to do things is to make people the most compliant and most likely to pay up. So it's only you know, it makes sense that the first year is not going to be as lucrative as uh the years following that. Right. Uh, according to the story here, the investigation of companies has been one of the pillars of Barack Obama's immigration policy because, you know, those Democrats are so tolerant and uh, accepting towards immigrants. Right. Well, you know, I wonder uh, with Obamacare how much more appealing an undocumented worker is because you won't have to give them health insurance or whatever all the health requirements are with employing someone. You know, if I owned a business... 
I would love to hire people that I don't have to keep records on just because then, like you said, with the health insurance, that's a huge cost. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think I read something recently that said it's going to cost McDonald's like eight billion a year, just some outlandish amount of money, which is an amount several digits higher than what their annual profits are and that's with nothing changing did you just say that mcdonald's the cost of uh, complying with obamacare will be more than their profits yes which means that their prices must go up oh my goodness yeah i've heard with general motors it's like yeah they spend a lot more on benefits for their employees than they do any kind of profits they're bringing in Right, and General Motors, one of their primary reasons for that happening is the fact that there's an auto union that negotiates and they're paying large pensions to people that haven't worked there in years, Right, and those people are getting paid almost the same as a new hire off the street. Mm. Well, it's interesting because the Democratic Party and a lot of liberals think that they're for workers' rights, and they'll look at the trends in pay and they'll say look people aren't getting paid anymore when they should be and it's like well when you look at their benefits you've mandated that they uh give their employees all these benefits and so that takes from their pay it's true and that also means that because they don't take home their full amount of pay they don't get to shop around to get a better deal on things like insurance 855-450-FREE free talk live more coming up about this crackdown in every age a technology is created that upends the foundations of society the wheel the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you would like at 855-453. Take control of the airwaves here, 1-855-450-3733. Join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that are waiting for you on our site. we got a lot of them. They include archives, so if you've missed a moment of the show, no big deal. You can just click and download get as many of them as you would like. Uh, they go back for years, and they're all free freetalklive.com. In fact, if you click into the SoundCloud page, you can not just get archives of Free Talk Live, but you can also grab Edgington Post episodes, uh, which is Mark's interview series that he does uh, pretty much at least once a week, sometimes more than that. I don't think he's done one since he's gotten back from his vacation, though, so I'm sure we'll see a new Edgington Post uh, come out uh, maybe before the end of the year if we're lucky, but probably not. Uh, We'll see. Anyway, when they do pop up, you'll see them on our SoundCloud feed. Also, other interviews that we perform, uh, they will also appear there as well. So enjoy all of that over at freetalklive.com. And if you haven't been to the SoundCloud page, you can just go to soundcloud.freetalklive.com. Now, by the way, the phone line's here, 855-450-FREE, brought to you by SACL CAI. If you've got a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections, you need to know about SACL. SACL CAI does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. 
Sakel's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you'd like to keep your clients too. Sakel CAI. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's right there at the top of our banner column on the right-hand side of the page. SACL, C-A-I, disturbing story coming out of the Associated Press about what appears to be basically a crackdown, an increasing crackdown of employers. The ICE Department, uh, U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement, has cranked up the enforcement on the audits of I-9 forms, where in... Uh, 2007, they had 250 of these audits. In 2012, they had 3,000 of the audits. Daryl, you had asked whether there was some sort of a mandate uh, about this. There's not a mandate, but there is mentioned in this story. There's a hundred. Guess they quadrupled or more their workforce. No, I don't see anything about that. But they do have something here that says there's a hundred and thirty-eight million dollar work worksite enforcement effort. So ICE has been given. $138 million by the federal government and told, here, use this money to go and collect some more money. And in this case, they were successful. (laughs) Usually the government's not so good at at, uh, taking an investment and turning it into more. Uh, But in this case, they were able to extract – well, actually, no, they've – no, I'm sorry. I totally was running those numbers wrong. They only made a tenth uh, back of that. So they spent $138 million and uh, they pulled in $13 million in fines. So I guess you're going to see further increasing uh, enforcement on this as they attempt to bring more and more dollars in every single year. Well, some people will say it's still good for the economy because at least those jobs will be left behind for white people. The, you mean the, I mean uh, Americans. You mean the people that uh, lose their jobs presumably because their social security numbers don't match up and such? Right. That'll leave behind more work for Americans to come in and, fi- and fill those jobs like they should be in the first place. Right. Actually... No, those jobs won't be left open for Americans. Well, why not? Well, first off, the primary reason that an undocumented person is hired into that position is either they can't afford to hire someone legally or they can't find an American that wants to do the job. And secondly, these employers are being fined large amounts of money which means they're going to have to save money somewhere to pay these enormous fines. Right, so they're going to have to cut back in order to yeah. redu- re- you know, reduce their costs. So the story again from the Associated Press here, and it goes on. This is a detailed story with some really outrageous stuff in it. Uh, here's the spokesman for ICE's Seattle office, their special agent in charge, Brad Bench. He says, our goal is compliance and deterrence. The majority of the companies we do audits on end up with no fines at all. But again, it's part of the deterrence method. If companies know we're out there looking across the board, they're more likely to bring themselves into compliance. Because it is all about obedience uh, for the state. They do want you primarily to do as you're told. And when you step out of line, then it's about fundraising uh, at that point. While Obama recently spoke about addressing immigration reform in his second term, he said any measures should contain penalties for companies that purposely hire undocumented immigrants. It's not a newsstand, but one he'll likely highlight as his administration launches efforts to revamp the nation's immigration system. But just to make it clear, this is one of the, as the article describes, the pillars of Obama's immigration policy. This guy is not soft on immigration. He's going from business to business 
in this case and checking people's papers. That's what's going on here. This is papers, please. It's just not being done at a you know public checkpoint for everyone to see it. And remember the claim a couple of years ago that Barack Obama was going to give immunity to 12 million Mexicans right. or what, whatever the number was. My understanding is he definitely got the Latino vote. Not saying that Romney would have been any better on that on this front, but this yeah, this just goes to show that people who voted for Obama, a lot of liberals who voted for Obama, expected him to be lenient towards uh, compassionate, maybe right towards you know illegals, and uh, obviously that was a mistake uh, when you voted for him in two thousand eight, and it was a mistake this year too. While the administration has used the numbers, uh, in this case, to bolster their record on immigration enforcement, advocates say the audits have pushed workers further underground by causing mass layoffs and disrupted business practices. When the ICE audit letter arrived at Belco Forest Products, management wasn't entirely surprised. Two nearby businesses in Shelton, and by the way, I'm, what I'm surprised at is that there's a letter that comes beforehand. I'm surprised they're not just coming and knocking on the door. So that, that anyone is given any kind of notice in this case is, is a surprise to me. Anyway, they uh, weren't really shocked because two nearby businesses in Shelton, a small timber town off Washington State's Puget Sound, had already been investigated. So the word had kind of gotten around that this was happening. But the 2010 inquiry became a months-long process that cost the timber company experienced workers and money. It was fined $17,700 for technicalities on their record-keeping. So not necessarily that they had any so-called illegal workers. Those fines were just because they screwed up the I-9 forms in some way or f- some fashion. Right. They weren't keeping proper proper government records. Right. Now, I don't you know about... You can't read your handwriting yep. right here. Can't oh, this, tell if that's a 4, sometimes a it's, 9, or an H. Sometimes it's whether you've written in blue or black ink. It's I know that's ridiculous. the case with IRS forms. That's so, utterly ridiculous. Uh, I don't know about you, but I, and I don't know how big this company is, Belco Forest Products, but $17,000 isn't anything to sneeze at for most business people. That's serious money. $17,000 is about 18 times or 18,000 times the amount that I made last year with my publishing company. Belco's chief financial officer, Tom Barron, says, What I don't like is the roll of the dice. Why do some companies get audited and some don't? Well, probably because some companies are politically connected and they know the right people so as to not be audited uh, at any serious clip. Uh, He says, Either everyone gets audited or nobody does. Level the playing field. Now, how about we just say nobody gets audited rather than everybody gets audited? It's it's always it always saddens me to hear business owners calling for more enforcement of government rules just to make it fair. 855-453, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Are you a fan of beer, liberty, and good conversation? Do you support freedom, peace, and voluntary interaction? Are you looking to meet others who think like you? Don't wait for your move to the Free State Project to get started when you can do something about it today. This is Amanda Mill, encouraging you to set up a Liberty on the Rocks network near you to begin connecting and informing libertarian thinkers over drinks. Visit www.libertyontherocks.org. This is Free Talk Live. You bring up whatever you would like. 
855-453, the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us online. Head over to freetalklive.com and enjoy the features waiting for you on the website. If you enjoy this program, you may support the show by shopping with us. Just go to shop.freetalklive.com and get your shopping taken care of. Get the stuff you're looking for in life and get it at a great deal because it's Amazon. When you go to shop.freetalklive.com, the top links you see there are Amazon US, Amazon Canada, and Amazon UK. Click into the right Amazon for you and get your shopping done. And Free Talk Live will get a portion of the purchase price, and you're getting the same great Amazon selection, same great Amazon prices. You're just entering through our affiliate link, so Amazon knows to send us a cut of their profits. Go to, once again, shop.freetalklive.com. More about the crackdown here in moments on business owners across the country. But first, we'll go to Lauren listening in New York. You're on Free Talk Live. Lauren. Hello, I'd like to comment on that uh, ICE thing first. Before Please, we, uh, yeah, what do you think about that? To the Sandy Hook shooting. Um, I agree with what they're doing, but like you said you uh, before, with um, the ICE. ICE. Why, why would you agree with what they're doing? Well, well let me uh, finish my original sure. comment. But they need to get into all these corporations and check for papers. That's what they need to do regardless. And mom and pop businesses, too. you want that to happen too? Excuse me? You want, to, you want them to check out all businesses, right? Not just corporations, yeah. but like mom-and-pop businesses? Well, yes, of course. Now, why of course? Why is that a good thing? Well, because um, uh, the illegals who come to this country illegally, they have to you know, have the papers to work here. Okay, so here's a question. Why they not do it just, all the time without the papers, so I don't know what makes you think that. Why not just streamline the immigration process to where there's one set of immigration rules instead of 193 sets of immigration rules? Oh, well, I agree with that. I, I mean, if you want to come to this country... Um, okay, so every country should have the same rule that Cuba does, which is the wet foot, dry foot. If we catch you and you're in the middle of the ocean, we turn you around. If you're actually on dry land, you get to stay. Well, listen, I'm not I'm not into that uh, UN Agenda 21 thing about, you know, one... You're just a UN agent, yet. aren't you, Daryl? That's what you are. You're an undercover UN agent. I want to know why you it's such a me. big deal to be in the United States illegally. Like, none, no one who argues about that makes a big deal about driving illegally, you know, unless you're an illegal immigrant. Like, it's all about the immigrant. It's not so much about that it's illegal. It's more about the, that they're immigrants. So would you say that's true, or are you against anyone acting outside of the law? Well, I'm against, you know, people coming in here uh, in this country illegally and, you know... So it's about immigration. Are you you against... Just to clarify, though, I like what Ali was saying. Are you saying you're just against the idea of people coming here, or are you against the idea of breaking that law, but you're okay with breaking other laws? Oh, yes, I'm okay with uh, breaking uh, other laws, you know. I see. That makes you a hypocrite, right? No, it doesn't, because there's some laws that are just, and there's some other laws that are unjust. I have the right... Seatbelt laws? Excuse me? Do, do you support uh, the breaking of seatbelt laws? Um, I don't care about that. That's your business. Why do you it's, care about, why do you care about uh, people breaking immigration laws? Well, all right, you guys are going to make me kind of backpedal here. If I'm just, I just want to know how you feel. Excuse me? I just want to know how you feel. Why do you care about it? You say you don't care about uh, seatbelt laws. I mean, honestly, why you should care about 
someone wearing a seatbelt. It's not your body. You get to decide what to do with yourself. But similarly, the person coming here isn't you. You know, the, why do you care about what they do? They They're not want, breaking well, uh, into your house and forcing you to feed and clothe them in your house. Well, that's basically what they're doing uh, because some of these illegal no. immigrants come to this country and they take up all the social programs. That that's a problem the- with the social programs yeah, being like, in existence. Like if I hold a gun to Ian's head and say, you need to do stuff for Daryl. He needs it. Then I'm the one aggressing on Ian, not Daryl. Daryl, Daryl's just the excuse. He's a scapegoat for my aggression. That's true. So the government is the um. The, well, let me rephrase this. The problem like lies within the people who choose to support that type of programming. Okay, so we need a. This is what we need to do. We need to kick these um, uh, government agents out, send them back to Europe or Latin America, wherever the hell they came from, and. Along with that, we need to get that the doesn't sound too bad. Kick the well. government agents out. I'm all, I, you know, I, I, can, I can kind of agree with that, although I don't think that we should aggress against even the government agents. I'm kind of kidding there. But I don't think you meant to say that, right? You meant to say kick the uh, immigrants out? Well, both of them. Oh, you want to kick illegal both immigrants and, and government agents out? When you say immigrants, I mean illegal immigrants. I have no problem with uh, lawful uh, citizens. So, as long as someone goes and fills out some paperwork and pays thousands of dollars to the federal government, then they're okay in your book. Yep. Okay, I, I have a question for you, Lauren. I have proof that some of my ancestors came here without government paperwork because at the time that they arrived, there was no U.S. federal government. They came over on ships to Jamestown which at the time was a colony. So technically, they were illegal immigrants. Should I be deported to uh, the UK? Well, don't play games with me, okay? No, I'm asking you a very serious question. They weren't technically illegal, right? There was no uh, government here of which to speak. That They came here without the approval and permission of the native peoples that were here. So technically, they were illegal immigrants... So if Lauren hates people that come here without the oh. blessing of the U.S. government, then he must have hated all of the white people that came over before there was a U.S. government. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we need to ship everybody yeah. that came over on a slave ship back. Because, right. Immigration's only okay if you have the permission slip from a government, right? Yeah. Oh, boy. Is that pretty much your viewpoint, Lauren? As long as the government gives you their permission slip, then it's okay to come here. Like, were you the kind of kid who would snitch on someone out uh, in the school without the, their hall pass? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not a snitch. I don't, we, oh, we don't I see. You're not, not a snitch, here. but yet you support the government going into people's private businesses and raiding through their files and pulling out personal information about employees? Yep. That doesn't seem so- incongruous to you? What is the fear of what will happen if you allow for ever anyone to just come to the country and start working and consuming and doing whatever people do when they start living in a country? We're, we're going to start getting, first off, we need to apologize to Latin America for what we've been doing over there, the certain operations, um, what the CIA has been. We need to cut down this drug war. It's affecting Mexico deeply. If we cut down on this drug war, if we ended the drug war, all these Mexicans that are here now, they'll go back and try Ridiculous. to Ridiculous. I mean, Lauren, I agree with you on ending the war on drugs. I'll agree with you that far. But to suggest that 
all these Mexicans are here because of the war on drugs is absolutely outrageous. Uh, most of the people that are here in this country are here because they want to make a better life for themselves, and a lot of those Mexicans are slinging uh, fruits and vegetables out in the farm fields. And let me tell you, if you're here to deal drugs, you're not going to be working in the fields during the daytime because that's an incredibly backbreaking very time-consuming activity. You don't have time to go and uh, sell some marijuana or cocaine in your off hours because you're probably fast asleep due to the fact that you've exhumed all of your energy in uh, in the day's time working out in the hot sun under back-breaking conditions. Yeah. Just, it's ridiculous what you're saying, Lauren. Thanks for the call tonight. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Good questions for him, guys. I mean, the guy... It's frustrating. I wonder if hemp grows better in the United States or in Mexico. Because I know I've always hearing about how great hemp grows would grow in the United States. It's a weed. I mean, it doesn't need really great conditions in which to grow at all. It's like Cat Williams says. It's just a weed. It grows. It You don't have to do anything to it. You can throw, you know, you can throw marijuana or hemp seeds out into the grass, and they will take root. I mean, they don't need a whole lot. Now, there's stuff you can do, obviously, to ensure that they grow as good as possible or, or as well as possible. Eight five five four fifty three is the toll free number here tonight. More about the crackdowns. There's more to talk about, not just from the business side of things in that ICE is cracking down on a bunch of businesses, but also the personal side, because these are human beings' lives that are being disrupted. Uh, 855-453, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. But people like Lauren say, it's fine. As long as you don't have your government papers, you're a bad person. Free Talk Live. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give five bucks a month to the AMP program. You likely buy all kinds of things online. Amazon is the largest online retailer. You can get what you need at the same prices with free super saver shipping by going to shop.freetalklive.com. Please do your online shopping at shop.freetalklive.com. You may take control of the airwaves if you would like. Just dial in toll-free at 855-453. It's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. You can join us online over at freetalklive.com. With you in the studio this evening, it's Ian. Allie. And Daryl. And our number again, 855-453-FREE. Join us over at freetalklive.com. Get interactive on the site in various different ways. And then also... uh, don't forget to check out the webcam. You can watch and listen to the show, cam.freetalklive.com. And speaking of interactivity, the chat room is built in right into the same page. So you can do all of those things at once. Uh, chat, watch, and listen at cam.freetalklive.com. That's cam.freetalklive.com. Hey, are you looking for camping, hunting, survival, or shooting gear? Manventureoutpost.com carries the name brands you want at the lowest prices on ammunition, knives, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, optics, firearm accessories, archery, air guns, holsters, water purification, tents, apparel, and boating equipment. ManVentureOutpost.com, family-owned, members in good standing of the Better Business Bureau, and they have the lowest prices, and you can see for yourself over at ManVentureOutpost.com. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com as we go back to the phones and your thoughts. Robert, listening in Vermont, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Robert. Hey, guys. How you doing? Hey, what's on your mind tonight, Robert? Why would you not 
want to have those set of rules for people to come in and out of the United States. Ian. Good question. Uh, my answer to that would be, and I'd be interested in hearing Allie and Daryl's perspectives on this as well, but my uh, answer would be that human beings should be able to come into a place that is ostensibly free without having to beg some bureaucrat's permission or uh, grease their palms with uh, thousands of dollars, which is you know, okay. basically what it takes today for somebody who wants to come here and make a better life for themselves, if it's even possible for them to get their application And seen. in a lot of times it takes many, many years. Yeah, it can take a long time, it can take a lot of money, and a lot of frustration, and a lot of heartache. Whereas what it should be is somebody just comes here and makes a better life for themselves, gets a place to live, gets a job, starts their own business. By the way, immigrants are much more likely to start their own businesses than native-born Americans, so they bring a lot to the table as far as an entrepreneurial spirit is concerned to this country. So it's just a matter of freedom to me, but Ali, what do you think? I think that the whole idea of keeping illegal immigrants away sort of feeds into this idea of countries being like farms and the federal government owning all the land that makes up the United States and all the people, including us, and that uh, people who aren't documented aren't welcome because they see the country is like their private property. And I don't think that the federal government is a legitimate uh, entity which could own private property. I don't think that they have a right to tell people where they can walk and where they can't. Okay, so what you're saying is, is that we should just have this open-ended policy of just people can just parade into the United States whenever they feel like. No, yeah. I think that let private individuals make up rules about property. Right, I don't think there's a policy okay. that's necessary at all, but Daryl, uh, what are your thoughts on the, the original question? Well, my thought is that there should be one immigration policy for you know the <clears throat> the US should have one immigration policy the way it currently is there's a different policy for each country there's quotas and then if you're some mm-hmm. kind of engineer you move to the front of the line if you're an athlete you move even further to the front of the line if you got a lot of money that helps if you've got a lot of money you move even further to the front of the line no there should be one policy and it should be the same policy that we have with Cuba which what they call the wet foot, dry foot rule. I don't know if I agree with that. I mean, that, that you're suggesting that people, you know, in the ocean should be somehow stopped from getting here. I don't want the Coast well, Guard stopping people. I don't think the Coast Guard should be stopping people. My point is, if you get here, you can stay. I see. Okay. Here's, here's my problem. Okay, my problem is this. If people can just parade back and forth out of the United States whenever they feel like it, I worry about the diseases that they bring into this country. I worry about people when it comes time for them to go look for work and they apply for a job that they know uh, they don't pay the, the right amount of taxes like we all do. I worry about people. You're assuming that everybody States. on this show let pays taxes. Now. I've let you. I've let you talk. Please let me finish. I worry about somebody coming in or people coming into the United States that have criminal records that could harm me or harm my family or possibly harm others in the United States. I think that by having an open door policy like this. It is not the right way. I think what I'm hearing from you, Robert, is, is fear. In. I'm hearing fear it, from we, you. We need to know. We need to know who's coming into the United States and who isn't coming into the United States. Why? We've already had because a you're 9/11. scared. Because you're scared. Another one. You. You. No, everybody, everybody, hold on. Fear. Hold it has to do with common sense. Thinking about the diseases that people That's would fear. bring into the United States if they didn't have to answer to anybody. If they, even if they, what if they were sick and they didn't even know it. 
and we had an outbreak here or something. So should everyone be quarantined? What if you go on vacation and yeah. catch a bug and I don't, don't know if that's know so it. much a problem. I mean, maybe hundreds of years ago that might that like I've heard of stuff like that happening, smallpox and things like that. But I don't think this day and age it's really that much of a Is concern. that the risk you really want to take? Robert, you, you mentioned nine eleven. Everybody that was supposedly a hijacker during nine eleven was here legally with a passport. That's possible. It's no, true. it's it's the facts. Look, Robert, okay. what I'm hearing from you is a lot of fear, and you know, fear of disease, fear of uh, violence, fear of crime, and I get it. You know, nobody wants to have uh, somebody rob them or hurt their family or come down exactly. with something. Some, come I, I, down I, with something I, terrible. If I go, but, if I go to another country, obviously they're going to want to know if I'm infected with some kind of disease. Just because gonna... other countries have draconian immigration policies doesn't mean that the so-called land of the free should do the same thing. And I agree with Ali. I think that if somebody's sick, we can handle that with the medical uh, system, the medical industry, especially if it was a more free market one, be able to handle those things with those folks. And by the way, would you suggest that in the interests of safety that everyone who comes and leaves this country be quarantined and examined for maybe, all manner maybe, of different medical issues? I, th- I think that possibly that maybe a checkup wouldn't hurt. So everyone I who comes, think, just, just to make sure we're clear— Everyone who comes in and out of this country, you're suggesting they should have a medical check? Why not? So if I visit Canada, you're saying. So if I were to visit Canada, I should be quarantined for 90 days upon returning from well, a trip not, to Canada. That's a, that's a little bit. That's a little bit stretching. That's stretching what you're saying. About 90 minutes. Uh, How about what 90 I'm minutes? Saying, what I'm saying is, is that to have an open door policy about what you're talking about. Okay, it's not really a very safe thing to do. What What about ninety minutes? How about a ninety minute quarantine and examination from Maybe, a doctor? Just just enough to check out the person and find out who they are. What do you think is an appropriate amount of time? I mean, obviously we're not medical professionals, Robert, but what do you think is an appropriate Maybe, amount of time? Uh, uh, like you said, maybe like 90, 90 minutes. minutes. Maybe All right, an so hour. now take that 90 <laughs> minutes and an, or an hour and multiply that times every single person that crosses the border of this country, both by plane by uh, and by boat and as that's well as by car. That, you're, 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 that's but that's what you just advocated. And that's not going to happen. Why would somebody? Why would the whole one whole country come to the United States all at once? No, that's sir. I'm not sense. saying one whole country. No, no, no. You didn't understand me. Let me run this by you again. You Millions just, of people cross the border every day legally. At least hundreds of thousands. I don't know what the actual number is, but it's a lot of people going back and forth between Canada and Mexico and all the other countries. They come. And you're probably all of right. The it probably airports, is millions. All of the yeah. cruise ships. It probably is millions. Anyway, let's let's say it's a million people a day. Let's just let's be conservative and say it's a million people a day. That's a million hours of people being held up, stopped, you know, held back from getting to where it is that they're supposed to go and inconvenienced by this proposal of yours, which is to hold everybody up while they get a medical check. Do you segregate the parents from their children during this quarantine? We're fine, I Robert. You guys are kind of str- I, I, I'd like to hear what other people have to say. Please. But I think you're kind well, of the, the phones are open to them at 855-450-FREE. But let Thanks, me make guys. this clear. We've got millions of people crossing the border every day in this country. Okay. Thanks for the call. Oh, he hung he hung up. Up. We've got millions of people crossing the border every day, and everything's okay. 
Well, they're they're if, not going through checkups. If the guy's so concerned about people bringing in disease, but then he wants to put the government in charge of figuring out who's diseased, <laughs> it doesn't seem like he's actually that concerned about it. I mean, really, if you want something to be done right, you get the right people to do it. You Good don't point. get government to do but it. But it's an illusion of security. In the same way that the TSA, it's run by the government. Everybody knows that it's a big joke. But some people, well, when I say everybody, everybody on this show knows that it's a big joke. A lot of our listeners know that it's a joke. Many other people know that it's certainly an inconvenience. And, but there are some people out there who, when you interview them, will say things like, well, it makes me feel safer. Even if you point out to them that, well, the statistics show that they can't even catch their own guys going through, running their own tests, uh, you know, the red team, whatever they're called, going through and testing fake bombs and guns and things like that. They, you know, fail at that 60 to 90 percent to 100 percent of the time. And then, you know, the person will just, oh, well, it makes me feel safe. And so having a program like Robert proposed where everybody gets a med check for coming into the country would make people feel like that's somehow stopping sick people from coming here. 855-450-FREE. More about the immigration crackdown on businesses here in moments. It's Free Talk Live. Why did you move to the Shire? I moved here to the Shire because there's other people around who take liberty just as seriously as I do. I moved to the Shire because I saw videos of people challenging authority and thought that I could get support myself. It called to me, like, do this right now. I wanted to be around people like me who got it. And once I got here... I knew there was nowhere else that I wanted to be. Immigrating to the Shire was easy. I was instantly plugged into a community of individuals who also care about peace, liberty, and justice and are willing to do something about it. The people here are awesome, loving, and positive. It was for the adventure and for the feeling of something important is happening here. And I just wanted to come to sort of be part of that. Visit ShireSociety.com to read and sign the Shire Society Declaration and learn the reasons why if you love liberty... You should immigrate to the Shire. Plus, add yourself to the Shire map at ShireSociety.com. That's ShireSociety.com. Free Talk Live. You dial in toll-free if you would like. Bring up anything you want. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us online. Head over to freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that we have waiting for you on the site. And with you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. Allie. And Daryl. Allie's here from AllieHavens.com. That's her blog. And I have to admit, Allie, I haven't been recently. What's fresh over at AllieHavens.com? I like to share a lot of stuff. And of all the Austrian economists, uh, Bob Murphy has to be my favorite. So I shared his Merry Christmas video, which I thought was really awesome and funny. So go check it out at AllieHavens.com. Excellent. Uh, and, of course, Allie is also part of Ladies in Keene, which is one of the, the blogs from here in the Keene, New Hampshire area. Uh, 855-450-FREE is the SACL CAI toll-free line. To bring you all up to speed, if you're just tuning in, we spent the first hour talking about immigration, and there's more to say about that topic uh, tonight. We started out by talking about a story from the Associated Press, which we haven't actually finished yet, and I think it's worth finishing, uh, about businesses being cracked down upon by the Immigrations and Customs Enforcement Department to the tune of $13 million in 2012. $13 million in fines were assessed against a bunch of businesses for the purposes of 
knocking them into shape when it comes to having their paperwork in order about immigration. They want to intimidate uh, business owners into being obedient, and that's what their uh, their purpose is behind this enforcement program. Have either of you read 1984? I have not. I have not read the book, but I did listen to the book on tape one time when I drove Same across thing. the that country. Counts. That counts. And... Those- does this remind you at all of 1984? I mean, anything with yeah, government somewhat. paperwork. And when uh, you mentioned in the article, it said that a lot of the people, they weren't catching illegal immigrants. It was just they're getting fines because they weren't keeping their paperwork up That's to right. date correctly. And and that is really uh, one of the side effects of big government is having all this paperwork and bureaucracy around business, which just creates extra unneeded expense. For the business, which, of course, always gets passed on to the customer. Exactly. Uh, resulting in higher prices, resulting in a lower standard of living for all of the rest of us. So that led to some phone calls. And we had uh, Robert from Vermont on the line asking an important question. Why would the hosts of this show support having an open immigration policy, having no policy, effectively just allowing people to come here and make a better life for themselves, get a job, get a place to live, start their own business? And we were in the middle of answering uh, one of his objections, and I wanted to make sure we finished the thought. We had talked about the issue of disease because he brought up some of these scary, ooh, there's going to be diseases and criminals if you just let anybody come here. Well, there are diseases and criminals already. Already. Right. Well, the suggestion is there would be an epidemic, and there's no evidence Ebola for that. Ebola virus. Right. There's no evidence for that because people right now, people crossing the border in their cars, hundreds of thousands of people every single day, going back and forth from Mexico uh, to the U.S., the U.S. to Canada, those people are not having their mouths swabbed. There's no doctor that's stopping to check them out and make sure that they, you know, they're okay before they come here and start, you know, going to restaurants and coughing here and there and doing whatever it is people do with interacting, shaking hands, spreading germs. I mean, these things happen all day, every single day, and we're fine. We don't need to have people held up at the border for an extra 90 minutes as some doctor gives them some kind of an assessment and then if there's a question mark you'll hold them for a you know an indeterminate period of time until someone can give them a, a you know a pass it's ridiculous those things don't happen today and we don't need them to happen in the future now the other ob- objection was criminals the idea being that well if you just let anybody come here then the criminals are going to come in and they're going to just kill everybody and there's going to be murder and there's going to be rape and there's going to be more drug dealing and there's going to you mean things that happen already but is he right though and I, he didn't say this explicitly but are the people who say there'd be more crime are they right in suggesting that if there was an open policy that there would be more criminals here I don't think so. Well, wouldn't it make sense that the average person who is prevented from coming here today would be the more likely ones to come? I mean, if you want to come here for criminal reasons, like selling drugs— You're going to sneak across the border anyway. Right. It's worth it to you. You 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 have an incentive to come here that is a big-dollar payout if you can make it across the border for your criminal purposes. And or you're just a psycho and you want to kill people, but you could do that in Mexico, so why would you come to— You could do that in the army. Yeah. Uh, So— People coming here are coming here for criminal purposes, looking to make money. But if you could just let people come here who want to come here to make a better life for themselves, that would be the supermajority of folks that come here. That already is the supermajority of uh, of people that come here. It's just there's a bunch of them who never get a chance to come because, as you pointed out, there's all these quotas. 
And if the U.S. government has already met its quota on people coming here from Nambia, then if you're from Nambia, you are SOL and you get to stay right where you are. So having average people being able to come make a better life for themselves brings our quality of life up. It adds more people into the marketplace to bring their unique skills and their vision and their entrepreneurship here to this country to make life better for all of us. And one of the things he didn't bring up, but inevitably somebody will if this topic goes on long enough, is, well, there's not enough room. There's not enough room in this country. (laughs) There's plenty of room. That's just funny to me. (laughs) Yeah. Look, I could understand if all you've ever done is spent your life in an urban environment, in a city where everything's stacked up on top of one another, then I could see if you, you know, didn't ever pay any attention outside. If like New York City was all you knew, then I could see why you might think, yeah, there's no more room because it's pretty packed there. But the rest of the country, I think about 96, 97 percent of the landmass in the United States is almost entirely unoccupied. That sounds about right. Yeah, it's the it's something like 2 to 4% of the country is urban zone. The rest of it's the woods or the plains. I think what's what should be a higher priority in people's minds than people coming in unwelcome is people not being allowed to leave the United States. That's another thing. They're tightening up restrictions on Americans leaving, uh, probably for a good reason, because people are starting to look at the economy and saying, "Uh, I'm going to try someone else's economy. This isn't going in the right direction. I don't see it getting better anytime soon. And leaving, and they're actually making it harder for people to leave. That's right. That that actually reminds me of a Facebook thread that I saw not too long ago where someone posted – People should not be allowed to leave the U.S. to avoid taxes. And somebody said, well, maybe, you know, the taxes are too high or whatever. Well, if you don't like it, leave. <laughs> so they're speaking can't out of have both, it both ways. You, you can't leave to avoid taxes, but if you don't like it here, leave. Josh is on the line listening in Lincoln, Nebraska. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Josh. Hey, um, I just wanted to make a couple points. I I think you guys are missing the a couple of the previous callers' points about um, one of them. What the caller mentioned the drug war and how people were coming to the U.S. to be safer, and I I think that's you know a valid point. If the U.S. would cut back on the drug war and stop these crazy things that we're doing in Mexico, then um, the Mexican people wouldn't you know feel the need to come here. I think a lot of them do come here. Because they think that the U.S. is safer. Was that what Lauren was saying? That people are coming here because of the drug war going on in other countries? I think you guys were too busy mocking him to understand his point, though. That's the way I took it. That Um, might be what he's saying. The point that I'd like to make is, you know, we as Americans, we we have a social security number. The government has our fingerprints. So when people commit crimes, they're easily tracked when... People can just come in willy nilly like you guys think they should be. Then how are you gonna like fingerprints? If somebody leaves some fingerprints at a crime, you can't really track them. Have you been pr- fingerprinted? Uh, I get fingerprinted when I go to the bank and or when you go to like Walmart to cash a check. Wow, you don't? No, no, my bank doesn't do that. And Walmart- uh, I have been to a couple of banks where if you don't have an account there, mm-hmm. they will the ask for a thumbprint. And I don't know why I've asked and never really gotten a straight answer. They probably were born. 
born. I'm sure that in the future it probably will be more like that where they'll that's use like DNA or some kind of fingerprint or retina scanning to figure out like if you are who you really are. But I think this is a valid point where the bureaucracy requires this information. If they don't have from immigrants, then they don't know what to do when you commit a crime. They don't know what to do with you. Stand by, Josh. We can bring you back here in a moment. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up what you want here. Immigration is on the table, but you can take control. It's Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. Do you have a website or product that you make available to people nationally or even internationally? Free Talk Live is heard on more than 100 radio stations and 2XM channels. FTL's also been voted five times the best political podcast of the year and four times been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list, the 100 most important radio programs in the country. We can do ad packages for you from as little as $500 a month on up to $3,000. I'll work with you to customize a package that will work within your budget. Contact me, Mark, at mark at freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves here toll-free at 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us online. Head over to freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that we have waiting for you there. Once again, freetalklive.com. Features like our archives. We've got a bunch of them going back for years, and they're all free at freetalklive.com, so enjoy those. Plus, you can listen live as well, and listen uh, delayed, because our live streams are live during our show, when we're live from 7 to 10 at night Eastern Time, but all the other 21 hours in the day, you can hear the latest episode of Free Talk Live repeating over and over again until your heart's content. And of course, once you've heard enough Free Talk Live, you can always switch over to lrn.fm and hear other great liberty-oriented programs there. But go to freetalklive.com to get started on doing some more listening whenever you want. We're always there for you. Freetalklive.com. Now, you've been hearing about Bitcoins for quite a while now on Free Talk Live. The number of people using them around the world is exploding. Now, if you have a business and you want to accept Bitcoins, and the, the longer things go on, the more popular Bitcoins become, the more likely you're going to have customers contacting you and saying, hey, why can't I pay in Bitcoins? Well, why don't you get ahead of that happening? And set yourself up to receive Bitcoins now. That way your customers will see that and say, hmm, Bitcoins, they accept Bitcoins, that's pretty cool. And because they might already know about Bitcoins. And or you'll turn them on to Bitcoins, which presumably will only be a good thing for your customers. Because Bitcoins have been a good thing for me. And I think that they're an amazing concept that actually allows you to have control over your money. It's a decentralized currency and transfer system all built into one it's decentralized in that there's no central printing location. It's it's on the internet. There's no central server that can be shut down or robbed or something like that. It depends on the network. It's peer-to-peer, and it works. You can transfer money to anybody you want anywhere around the world in just moments. And that can help your business. Now, BitPay has made it easy for you because it can be confusing. You know, when you just first get into Bitcoins, you got to learn a lot about how it works just to try to do it all yourself. BitPay handles a lot of the, the, the hard stuff for you. They can make it easy to accept Bitcoins and even cash them into U.S. dollars, for instance, uh, which is useful for a business owner because right now most of the companies you're doing business with probably aren't accepting Bitcoins yet. So if 
your customers are paying you in bitcoins. It makes sense to make the tr- uh, transition from those to cash. BitPay.com can help you, and their fees are lower than credit cards. There's no risk of chargebacks or fraud with bitcoins. Go to BitPay.com, get started, sign up for an account. It's easy. BitPay.com. We're going to go back to the phones here and your thoughts with Josh in Lincoln. I uh, wanted to make sure you had a chance to get your thoughts out, Josh. So go ahead. No, I kind of got him out. I just think you guys were kind of missing the point of the last two callers that were. Oh, no, I got the point real clear. It's fear, 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 fear. Be afraid of all these people coming here into this country. It's going to ruin everything. Is that really, is that really what you heard? Because. You're, you, you need to open your ears a little bigger. I heard you know? disease and crime. Listen, That's fear mongering. Do you not? Do you not? Do you not understand the point that I'm making about they? Our government knows stuff about us that they don't know about illegal immigrants. Why do you want the so government to know things about you? So when crimes are committed, they there are ways to track those people and arrest the people. You're fear mongering too, man. So you su- so let me make make sure I'm clear. No, you support the that's government reality. building files that's on reality. everyone in this country. Just just so we're clear, Josh. Ian, you support. Ian, you, we're talking over one another now. About everything. I want to understand what you're saying here. You think you, you support the government mean, collecting information about absolutely everyone in this country? You're like a liberty hipster, dude. You're you are like so. <laughs> every, you can call the hipster this. like every time I'm on. It's just, Jeez, he's not a hipster. You, you are like Trust the me. biggest. Um, elitist so you're good at calling names now can you address no, no, the no. point no you're you're not you're you are calling me a fear monger you need to listen he that's accurate call you a fear monger no, i'll call him a fear monger fear 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 that's fear mongering so yeah fear. i would say that's fear. fair no it's a reality crimes are committed every day mm-hmm. is that fear is there is that reality that's reality and the crimes that's are also reality. committed by okay. the government are people tracked are people tracked Every day, do you support by that? Their fingerprints and their dental records and the stuff that our government has on us. You like, support the government collecting that? The government has it. The CSI would use dental records if, like, some freak was biting on people or something. You know, it's 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 not mm-hmm. fear; it's reality. All right, Josh. So my final question for you is: All Do right. you think? Do you support? The government collecting as much data as possible on people in this country. No, I don't support that. Not at all. Not <laughs> okay. at all. Josh, so uh, I have that, that information is collected when we're born. Nope, that, it's that not. Information they took nope. your blood records when you were born. They no. took your fingerprints. No, nope. fingerprints. Sorry, dude. Born. Well, I believe you are in not a, right about that. I believe in accountability, and I think that the point they're bringing up. Uh, I actually had someone who was really close to me get in a car accident with an illegal immigrant. And this was in Alabama, and there was, uh, you know, an employer in town who was uh, in bed with a local government there. And this is just speculation as to why this particular legal immigrant got off without any kind of repercussions for hitting this person I was close to. It was totally his fault, and they knew who he was. They could have tracked him down. They knew who his employer were. Uh, who his employer was, but they didn't do anything about it because that would hurt, uh, you know, the government's friend. And in in certain cases, I think that, yeah, that they're not held accountable, but I don't blame the legal immigrants for the system. The system just benefits some some businesses over others. Stop being a hipster. (laughs) Sorry. Is Josh still on the Uh, line? Yes, he's still there. Josh, I have a question for you. Uh, I, I have a question for you. You said something about every American has a social security number and gets tracked all the time. 
You you said that, correct? Uh, that's Yeah, isn't that kind of the state we're in right now? Uh actually not everybody that is born in the US has a social security number. I know at least three people that do not have social security numbers that were born and raised in the US. Out of the hundreds of people that you know, you know three people and you think that's significant? Did I say a significant number? I said there are people. No, but don't you think you're, the point that you're making is insignificant if you know three people without social he's security just, numbers? He's just I telling you— I only know you, three people that are vocal about not having social security numbers. You are just—he's just pointing out that you're incorrect about this idea that the government's collecting that your fingerprints. Everybody. Okay, okay, the, excuse me. The majority— The government is not collecting anyone's fingerprints when you're born. Sorry, that's just not happening. Your, your fingerprints will be collected if you and your parents go down on one of those cop-collect-fingerprints days that they have for little kids or if you're convicted of some sort of you know or arrested by the or police if you're born on a military base i really don't think that your fingerprints are going to be very valuable right out of the womb but i could be wrong on that point thanks Even josh for the call 855-450-FREE the SACL cai toll free line jerry's listening in st george utah to kznu hey jerry how you doing hey what's on your mind tonight you know, I don't know. I just started thinking, and I've thought over the last several years, as I've heard this immigration argument, I've never heard anybody bring up the point, um, or, and I don't know that it's a fact, but it's definitely a point that I, I would like to know the answer to. All right. How does this affect the country where the people are coming from? So, in other words, if we're taking the engineers, we're taking the workers. Good question. Let's talk about it here in a moment, Jerry. Stand by. We'll bring you back. 855-450-FREE. How does immigration into this country affect the countries from which the immigrants are coming? It's Free Talk Live. Puke in the Gang, the podcast for grumpy young men, brings you issues. We are talking about raping babies. I love Nazis. Beast Jesus. News. New York shuts down vibrator giveaway. Here's a fun story out of uh, Spain. El Correo. No, wait, that's a newspaper. Personal stories. I kicked a windshield once because I was angry. I just got annoyed and I wanted to die. I know all the words to get jiggy with it. I have a horribly tiny penis. Responsible journalism. I'm drinking my liquor. When we do the show, we're generally drunk. Pukeinthegang.com. And cake. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Toll free, 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that we have waiting for you on the site. And those features include our mobile site. Maybe you have a smartphone and would like quick access to our live streams. We've got them right there for you at m, as in mobile.freetalklive.com. That's m.freetalklive.com. Plus, you can link to our podcast from there, as well as download software that you might not already have for your cell phone that'll make it possible to tune in those streams. And uh, Daryl is with us here tonight from... his website, which is fpp.cc. And what is the special that you've got coming up on your website soon? Well, beginning at 3 o'clock in the morning Eastern Time, which would be midnight Pacific Time, okay. uh, the beginning of Saturday, the Diary of Henry Myers will be free for all Amazon Kindle users until New Year's Day. 
Excellent. So you have, what, three days? What is that? Uh, four days. Four days. A little bit of a larger window of time this time, which could be good because maybe yes. you'll build some shares on Facebook and you know shares in social networking. This is your brand new book that you've just uh, the published. The Novelette, mm-hmm. uh, The Diary of Henry Myers, which is set in a futuristic dystopian empire named Soko, and it's told from the point of view of Henry Myers, and it's told in diary form, which is unlike any other book that I'm aware of, other than maybe the diary of Anne Frank, but that was an actual diary. Yeah. You know, so as far as you know, dystopian novellas, this is totally different. And you can save yourself the whatever the cost of it would normally be. What is it, a few bucks normally? Uh, the Kindle version's normally a dollar forty nine. So you can get it for cost zero. You can zero get it dollars. for zero dollars. Yeah. And if you do it after 3 a.m. Eastern time tonight until midnight, New Year's Eve. Yes. Pacific. Pacific. Okay. So and do that through FPP.cc? Uh, you can go to shop.fpp.cc, use the Amazon link, or just go directly to Amazon. However it is you get to Amazon. Right. And just type in The Diary of Henry Myers. All right. So uh, that's, again, through fpp.cc, all kinds of other great stuff there. Be sure to check it out, 855-450-FREE. Once again, the SACL CAI toll-free line. We're talking immigration. We've got Jerry on the line. He's listening to KZNU out in St. George, Utah. And, Jerry, your question was, how does immigration into this country affect the countries uh, whence others are coming, whence those immigrants are coming? Is that correct? Right. And I, and I guess the way I came to that thought was I work, I'm in construction, and I work with a lot of Mexicans. Um, my wife's in medical field in Vegas. She works with a lot of Mexicans. Getting worried about Mexico? And grow, growing up out here in the West, I've known lots of Mexicans. And I, I got to say the majority of the Mexicans that I've known, both English, a lot of them, most of them, and good people. Absolutely, good that's people. that's always I mean, been my experience. Yep, that's that's always not, been my experience, and not just them, love having them as a neighbor. Yep, I've been in Mexican town in in Mexican sections of Vegas that, that I didn't feel comfortable in. Um, I think that's a problem when you have massive uh, immigration like we've had, just open borders with Mexico for the last years. Mexicans come over here and they form their own communities, and they don't become American. They stay Mexicans living in America. I don't know that I like that. I well, don't know I that's something that... You I think know. that's the problem. But here's my real point. All these good people that have some kind of golf, I mean, they got some cojones. You know, it takes something special to leave your home country. Yeah. A lot of them leave their family, come to this country, spend years making money, making a way, paving a way for their family to come up here with them. That's special people. What does that leave behind in Mexico if you're allowing all these special people to come up here to America? Well, I, I like. I think it's a good question, Mexico Jerry. I don't know if you can hear a word I'm country. saying because I've yet to be able to really. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, cool. I just want to address, before we get to the big question here in a moment, I want to address the idea of people from the same general area living in the same general area in a different country, say like Chinatown, for instance. Chinatown, uh, Little Italy. Italy. These are things that are common in this country. And yes, generally when you go into these places, there's a chance you might encounter somebody who doesn't speak English. But over the years, generations, like two or three generations, People who move to this country do learn English because it's in their best interest to learn English because if you're in Chinatown, 
uh, or Little Italy or wherever, you want to be able to interact with the people that are coming in to possibly do business, uh, do business with you. So I don't see that as a bad thing necessarily. People should be able to organize themselves in whatever way that they want to. But, right, but what I'm talking about, and, and hey, look, we needed, like Chinatown was probably formed from the Chinese coming over here and building the railroads, and that's where they ended up over in San Francisco. We needed those people to build those railroads to help industrialize this country, to help the whole world become better. Sure. We needed that at that time. But do we need, do we need Mexicans, for example? It doesn't, it doesn't matter. I mean, as as you've pointed out, these people are... Any country that has some serious issues going on. Look, the people who are coming over from... Coming over here, living together, and just stay in Mexican. The people that are coming over from Mexico are just as needed as the Chinese were for the railroads. The fact is, if they're coming over, then they see it somehow in their incentive to come over. There's some probably economic reason they're coming. Well, that means that well, the economy... Sure why do we need them? I don't know what it means to why say we need, we them? Need, we them, need them, but if by that you mean does the economy support them and encourage them to come no, over here, obviously, yes. I know the yes. economy supports them. I, I, matter of fact, I know a lot of them work the system, and they're not the only ones. There's there's lots of groups of people, polygamists, for example, the FLDS. Working the economy is called profit. They, they all live on the, on the, the state. I mean, well, that's a problem, right? I mean, that's, 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 that's the welfare. That's the problem with the fact that, uh, Jerry, that's a problem with the fact that the state exists in the first place and the, the state has all these welfare programs. So let's take that up with that's the state. True. And let, let's answer the bigger question, though. You did make a good point. The people that can make it here from another place, these are exceptional people who have taken the time and the effort uh, and the ability, you know, they have the ability to get here. These are people that in a lot of cases are very entrepreneurial. They're people that are, a lot, in a lot of cases, start businesses in this country. The average immigrant is more likely to be a business owner than is the average sure, American. Sure. Uh, so these are really valuable people to the economy. And, of course, right. if they were open uh, immigration, even more of those folks would uh, would come here. Now, what does that do to the what other countries? Well, Mexico, right. right. So here's the answer. If Mexico or any other country realizes that they're losing people to the United States because the United States is more free, then they have an incentive at that point to make their country more free. So ultimately— well, I don't know that Mexico, without these good people, has much incentive to improve themselves at all. As oh, it matters. Fact, you you don't want people leaving your— years, I would think that Mexico is probably becoming more corrupt. Uh, I, I think that a lot of, there's a lot of misinformation that, of, about Mexico. Lately, I know for the last couple of years, <laughs> there's been some serious issues come to light in Mexico with the cartels and with the, the you know, the, the government being corrupt. Jerry, there's plenty of corruption here in the United States from the small sure, towns to the big, is, big cities. Got, they have guns in Mexico. Sure, they have guns in Mexico gun that were given to them I by die, the U.S. I'm government. Not gonna be, you know, I'm not going to be, we're not going to, as a, as a coalition, as a, National Guard plays a huge role in there. Jerry, thank you for the, the call Army tonight. I appreciate uh, so, hearing from you this evening, and thank you for making the call. Uh, 855-450-FREE. It seemed difficult. It was kind of difficult to yeah. uh, to have a conversation. And, and just but, to remind everybody, Einstein immigrated to the U.S. from Germany, and I believe he helped build the bomb. So... For the people saying, you know, we can't have people immigrate here and come here because blah, blah, blah. Well, the Germans could have had the bomb had Einstein stayed there. I didn't hear him saying we can't have people come here. I just heard him asking some well, not, good questions. Not him and, specifically, but other people 
you know, previous callers had said, you know, we don't need people coming here. Allie never had a chance to really address the Mexico corruption issue. Yeah, I think a lot of Americans have this this vision of Mexico is like the super scary place and it's corrupt and it's like, you know, Detroit all over the place. And it's their scary cities are like our scary cities. And actually, I have family members who live in Mexico now and it's just as safe as the United States. It's not, it's not like more scary. Where are they living though? In like a tourist town? They are living in Cozumel. But when you look at the statistics, it's not like Mexico is that bad. We're coming up 855-453, Free Talk Live. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give five bucks a month to the AMP program. You like your friends. You like Free Talk Live. Like your friends enough to share something you like with them. Help Free Talk Live get into more ears. Podcast listeners are the most important area of growth for Free Talk Live. Please share one episode a week on Facebook. This is Free Talk Live. Take control of the airwaves and do it toll-free at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us online over at freetalklive.com. And you can enjoy the features that are waiting for you on our website. We've got news updates. You can get signed up. And we'll keep you in the loop via email, Twitter, or Facebook. Whatever your preference is, you'll find out the latest about Free Talk Live. And if you follow us on Facebook and Twitter, you will know more than just the latest about the show because we'll post updates during the program, including questions, observations, show prep. Go to news.freetalklive.com. That's news.freetalklive.com. Bitinstant.com. It's the fastest, safest, and easiest way to acquire Bitcoins. BitInstant makes it possible for you to deposit money at more than a million locations, including your computer at home. But also, you can go out to CVS or Walmart and a bunch of other places all around the world in 30 countries. All you need to do is go to BitInstant.com, select how you want to fund your account, and then take care of business. It's just a matter of, like I said, you go to CVS, pick up the MoneyGram phone, and punch, put a little bit of information in and... All of a sudden, you've got Bitcoins in your account after you pay at the register. It's really simple. BitInstant.com. That's BitInstant.com. As we go to the phones and go to Crichton listening in Kentucky, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Allie, and Daryl. How's it going tonight, guys? Hey, Crichton. What's on your mind? Well, I was going to extend the current topic, and I wanted to have a little stock game about this idea of having a quarantine uh, for immigrants coming over to this country by whatever means. And it occurs to me that there's only a number, a limited number of ways that this could work out. The most likely being that we spend an awful lot of money to accomplish nothing at all, and no one ever gets a positive coming into this country. Um, and that's actually the best case scenario. Uh, the next most likely scenario is that some form of novel human disease is developed in another country and then comes across to be uh, by via a carrier. And because it's novel, we have no way to test for it. And they just get led into the country anyway, and that's an epic fail. Mm-hmm. And the, the final way that this would work out is that uh, someone is ill of a not novel disease, 
comes across the Atlantic in an, an aircraft or an eight-hour flight with 300 people in the same airspace <laughs> and lands, and then they discover that this person is ill and this spent eight hours with 300 other people, many of whom are U.S. citizens and would have no reason to be detained. And then all of a sudden, we have to spend gobs of effort to actually determine if everyone else on the plane is, in fact, ill themselves. Mm. So there's no, there's no way that this ends up being better than just the, the normal way at which we discover that an illness has entered the country. Well, and if somebody wants to get an illness in here bad enough, they'll just mail letters randomly to people and make sure that there's, you know, just small portions of the pores or cells or bacteria or whatever on the letter or on a package or something. I don't think most people coming here would be attempting to, you know, purposefully bring an infection, but certainly someone who really wanted to do that could definitely get an infection in here. It wouldn't be hard to do. Crichton, any other thoughts you want to share? No, thank you. That was largely it. Great points. Appreciate hearing from you tonight. Yeah, all it would end up doing would be being a huge boondoggle for money from the federal government for whatever, you know, doctor's service would have to supply. They'd have to hire a bunch of, uh, you know, medical professionals. I've got it. Giant hamster wheels. We put everyone in a giant hamster wheel for 90 days after they cross the border. Okay. So they sweat it all out? That way, yeah, (laughs) they're quarantined and we don't have to find places to keep them. And they could generate power for the country Giant hamster wheels. Yeah, I never understood why in gyms they don't let the, you know, people generate power there. It seems like they're doing a lot of working their butts off for no gain. So uh, let me get back to the original story here, guys, because the original story is pretty outrageous about what the ICE folks are doing to business owners and employees around this country with over $13 million in fines handed out just in the year 2012. That's up for $1 million five years ago. Uh, the story's from the Associated Press, and it talks about one business who uh, was targeted, fined $17,000 simply for having technicalities uh, on their record-keeping. The audits are part of a $138 million worksite enforcement effort. They rely on ICE officers showing up, scouring over payroll records to find names that don't match Social Security numbers or other identification databases. The audits don't make any sense before a legalization program, said Daniel Costa, an immigration policy analyst at the Economic Policy Institute, a Washington, D.C. think tank. He says you're leaving the whole thing up to an employer's eyesight and subjective judgment. That's the failure of the law. There's no verification at all. Then you have the government making a subjective judgment about a subjective judgment. An AP review of audits that resulted in fines in fiscal year 2011 shows the federal government is fining industries across the country reliant on manual labor and that historically have hired immigrants. The data provides a glimpse into the results of a process affecting thousands of companies and thousands of workers nationwide. So they're not just targeting any average companies. They're targeting the ones that they believe are most likely to have violations. What what does he mean by subjective judgments by the business owners and by the ones doing the auditing? It's a confusing uh, statement, but my interpretation of that is that the judgment call, 
well, the employer is is you know taking whatever papers come from this employee, and they have to figure out whether or not it looks right. And they, you know, if they're not going through the government's verification program, then put all those papers on file. And then you've got another government bureaucrat coming coming through and checking that information. So it's you know, and then one, a lot of no- it, they transcribe the information from one set of documents onto the official papers. And then if the papers don't match what the document says, so uh, Marcus, who was on the show last night, he's been going through something just here in New Hampshire where his Social Security card has one name and his driver's license from New Jersey had a different name. I forget which one had Mark and which one had Marcus. But he was going through and had to jump through a bunch of hoops and hurdles and pay the city of Keene $90 to legally become Marcus, hmm. a name that he has gone by his entire life. Wow. Wow. So some sort of boondoggle like that Welcome to could wind up <laughs> what was getting your name somebody again? one of these $17,000 <laughs> fines. Wow. Over the years, ICE has switched back and forth between making the names of the companies fi- uh, find public or not. Lately, ICE has emphasized its criminal investigations of managers, such as Dunkin' Donuts manager or a Dunkin' Donuts manager in Maine, who was sentenced to home arrest for knowingly hiring undocumented immigrants or a manager of an Illinois hiring firm who got 18 months in prison. Many employers also wonder how ICE picks the companies that it probes. The ICE bureaucrat's spokesperson said... Geography is not a factor, the size of the company is not a factor, and the industry it is in is not a factor. But, of course, the AP review of the statistics shows <laughs> Everything that is a factor. those absolutely are factors. Anyway, he says we can audit any company anywhere of any size. He said he added that ICE auditors follow leads from the public. That's a snitch. Other employers, snitching, employees, snitches, and do perform some random audits. But ICE auditors hit ethnic stores, restaurants, bakeries, manufacturing companies, construction, food packaging, janitorial services, catering, dairies, and farms. The aviation branch of corporate giant GE franchises of sandwich shop Subway and a subsidiary of food product company Heinz were among some of the companies with national name recognition. GE was fined $2,000. In fiscal year 2011, the most recent year reviewed by the AP, the median fine was $11,000, meaning half of the companies fined were fined more than $11,000 and the other half fined under $11,000. The state with the most workplaces fined was Texas with 63, followed by New Jersey with 37. The lowest fine was $90 to a Massachusetts fishing company, and the highest fine was $394,000 to an employment agency in Minneapolis, according to the data released to the AP through a public records request. Wow. Bench? So uh, it reminds me of what you're reading from one of the business owners who said, you know, if you're going to do this, you have to do it for everyone or nobody. And I think you made a good point and then he was right when he said they should just do it for nobody. But I think the point he's really making is that everyone, almost all business, in some industries, almost every business has like depends on illegal immigrants and that you would just topple entire entire industries if you tried to do this for everyone well if you ever look at what happens when they come in and they do a raid and they arrest a bunch of uh employees from say like a, a packing plant or something like that and it's in a small town where that plant is like the big business in the town the town dies 
businesses go under as a result of these Dalton, things happening. Georgia died. Yep, 855-450-FREE-HOUR-3's next. You take control. Free Talk Live. Do you have a website or product that you make available to people nationally or even internationally? Free Talk Live is heard on more than 100 radio stations and 2XM channels. FTL's also been voted five times the best political podcast of the year and four times been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list, the 100 most important radio programs in the country. We can do ad packages for you from as little as $500 a month on up to $3,000. I'll work with you to customize a package that will work within your budget. Contact me, Mark, at mark at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up whatever you'd like at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us online at freetalklive.com. With you in studio tonight, it's Ian. Allie. And Daryl. And join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. The stuff you see on the front page as you scroll down, those numbered items. The the items were submitted by listeners just like you. The numbers are the numbers of votes that those items have received. You may vote up or down based on your feelings about each item on the site. And the most important page on which to vote is the upcoming stories page. When you go there and you vote on those upcoming stories, once an upcoming story reaches a certain number of votes, it will be promoted to the front page of the site, meaning we're more likely to see it and talk about it. Other listeners also more likely to see. Go to freetalklive.com. Get interactive there as we go to the phones and you and your thoughts. Coming up, by the way, the fiscal cliff and more fear-mongering about the fiscal cliff. Uh, Daryl's got a story about that. Sam is on the line in Texas, though, to start things out this hour. Hey, Sam. Hey, good evening, everybody. Hey, what's on your mind? So, I watched Penn & Teller's BS show on 2012, and I thought, man, that is a load of BS. So I'm calling in to debunk it because I know, Ian, you're a fan, and Daryl, I imagine I'm you have watched some of them. I don't even remember the show, but uh, I've seen all of the episodes of Penn & Teller's. Uh, I've seen a few of the episodes, and the ones that I've seen, I liked. They okay. kind of ran out of topics in the last couple of seasons uh, to some extent, but they're still pretty entertaining. Uh, I still want to see the one where they call BS on dolphins. I don't even remember that one either. I saw that one. <laughs> I've seen them, but apparently it wasn't of much value. <laughs> anyway, go okay. ahead, Sam. So this one was on the whole my uh, 2012, December 21st date, um, and they they brought out a few people, one of which was Patrick Garrell, and um, he sort of is a proponent of the idea of a physical pole shift where the planet flips over and, you know, the oceans go sloshing about, and they also brought out a guy who uh, also is, is an author, but I've never heard of him, he's not very well known. And he talks about Planet X or Nibiru, which is the idea that there's this rogue planet that comes in every 3,600 years, and it could pass by the Earth closely and take over the magnetic field, flip the planet, slosh the oceans, massive tidal waves is the idea. Okay. Um, but if you just think about, or if you just, say, take 10 minutes studying the coastlines in the, on the globe and look at how they're formed and so forth, you could easily deduce that that's not very likely. And there's also geologists who have uh, found mud shoals that far inland, which suggests that there has been catastrophic flooding, but they don't find saltwater deposits. And so if these things are cyclical, whether it's caused from the sun or some rogue planet every so often, so many years, then you would expect to find saltwater deposits where the oceans came in and then dried out. Sure. 
And so that really debunks both of those theories without really digging into it. But then what they do is they, they kind of strut out their expert, who is the solar physicist. And the solar physicist assures us that, well, there's nothing to worry about, um, that there's no reason to fear uh, solar flares. It won't influence us at all or, or a bit. And so what he's not pointing out, though, is that in Quebec in 1989, there was a hydroelectric plant that got hit by a solar flare, and it overloaded the transformer, burned it up, caused a power outage. If they just would have put the transformer up under a garbage can. (laughs) Wait a minute. Sam, how could this one plant have been hit? I mean, solar flares, in theory, should be affecting a much larger area than one place, right? Well, they do, but with varying intensity. It's like Think of it almost like a splatter paint where you take a paintbrush and fling mm-hmm. stuff at a, at a canvas. Okay. There's going to be spots where it's thin. It might spray the whole thing, but there's going to be intense spots as well as less intense spots, okay. and they just got unlucky. So, but his assurance that you know everything's okay, we can pretty much tell what the sun's going to do, and it won't damage the planet, was, was proven as really wrong in, uh, on November 4th in 2003, where there was an X-23 uh, solar flare that was so big, it went off the chart of what NASA expected the sun to do. And what happened it as a result so of that? I'm sorry, what was that? What happened? You said it was really big. What happened as a result? Well, we were very lucky because the solar flare fired off into space away from Earth. But if it had been Earth-directed, this is what NASA talks about. If a Carrington event were to happen today, it would be really catastrophic. And they put this out in a report in, I think it was 2007, and the Congress passed a bill to, to fund uh, basically hardening of the, the grid infrastructure. They passed it unanimously. It went over to the Senate, and it was buried. So nothing ever happened. And so think, people should get garbage cans and put uh, electronic devices in them? We uh, need to, to pass a law to make sure that the sun doesn't have solar flares. Not really going to happen. But see, what I think this does by putting together shows that uh, presents this false picture. It encourages people like you guys to be highly skeptical or even um, antagonistic towards people that even talk about these ideas because it paints the picture that, Everybody who believes in this thing believes in this right here, and they're all crazy. Well, with stuff like this, I just feel like this is something for the experts, and I'm not like one to just divert to authority, but I'm just not going to spend my time studying solar flares. Like, I don't see how I could even do anything to protect myself in that situation. So well, I Sam just called say, to say uh, the other day, I don't remember which uh, couple last weeks week, ago. Uh, called last week to suggest that uh, you could do things to protect yourself. You could uh, wrap important electronic devices in, you know, iron cages. Basically, but I need right? them now. Well, the idea is to think about things that you would need without a grid in place, electronics or whatever. And you buy spare electronics also to store your photographs and things like that. You put those inside of a Faraday cage, which is any you know metal container that's sealed and is not going to allow RF energy to penetrate it. And the, the charge will ride on the surface. I mean, you can even just take a, some, a product that's in a box and wrap it in foil. And as long as there are no gaps, 
that'll work just fine as a Faraday cage. So there you go. Anything else you want to suggest tonight, Sam? Let me just say, you know, there are real prophecies related to 2012. Um, you know, one of those is the prophecy of the popes, which is 900 years old, and it's ending with the current pope. We're about to get to Petrus Romanos, and the prophecy talks about the city of Seven Hills being destroyed. And if you think about calendars, the beginning of our calendar really marked the transition from <clears throat> sorry, from a belief in many gods to one god. And by the way, we're the ones who can tell you what he's saying. We have all the books, only we can read. So you got to do what we tell you. And it's worked fabulously for thousands of years. But I think now, at the end of the Mayan calendar, that's part of the thing, part of the sort of institution that's going to die away and won't transition into the next stage. So you're saying you expect the uh, the Catholic Church to crumble? Yes. Well, I, I, yes. Ian, I think that would be a good segment for you to read the prophecy of the popes and look at what it says. I mean, it's it's been amazingly accurate. It's 900 years Have old. Have they been, you know, I, I don't pay close attention to the budget of the Catholic Church, but certainly the pope seems as influential as he's ever been. You're saying the popes themselves prophesied that uh, they would be uh, you know, declining in power? So, no, St. Malachi went into a trance back 900 years ago. He gave a number and a short description. In one case, for uh, John Paul, it was the labor of the sun was the words. And he was, of course, born on a solar eclipse and put to rest on a solar eclipse. Another guy was flower among flowers, and he has four tulips in his family crest. So it's things like this that have identified them in order. But what we're getting to is Petrus Romanus, who's the last pope, and if you read even just the wiki page at the bottom, it'll tell you it talks about him nourishing his flock through many tribulations. And at the end, the city of Seven Hills, which is Rome, will be destroyed, and the great judger will return to justice, his people, the end. So what do you think? The Pope or the Catholic Church is going to disintegrate in the next year? Perhaps. You know, All right, I don't Sam. Know him, but we'll keep an eye on things. Thanks for the call tonight. Let us know how it goes. 855-453-SACL-CAI the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control here and bring up anything you want. It's Free Talk Live. This is Mark of Free Talk Live. We've been witnessing a meltdown of the economic engine that powers our country. With a printing press tethered to Washington bureaucrats and New York central bankers, how can we trust paper money? For years, I've been buying gold and silver from Midas Resources, and you should too. Call 877-357-9938 for a free book titled 10 Reasons to Own Gold, or go to gold.freetalklive.com. Again, 877-357-9938. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything that you want. Toll free, 855-453, the SACL CAI toll free line. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that are waiting for you there. Uh, Once again, freetalklive.com features include listening options. Live streams are there, broadband, midband, narrowband versions of the show, different size bit rates for different internet connection speeds. You'll find one that'll work for you, and they're all free over at listen.freetalklive.com. In addition to that, you can learn about the over 100 great radio stations that air this show 
at various times uh, throughout the week. Uh, plus, there are two different satellite listening choices you have. There's XM Satellite Radio, and there's also our free-to-air KU Band channel, which you can receive across North America. Uh, also, our webcam and the listen lines that allow you to call from any phone that can dial long distance. Go to listen.freetalklive.com to learn more. That's listen.freetalklive.com. And the Free State Project's Liberty Forum, it's coming up. 2013, February 21st through the 24th, some of the speakers have been announced thus far. And, Daryl, you've never been. I have never been. Allie, did you go last year? I went last year. First time? Yes. How was it? It was great. It was great to see everyone, and it was like a pork fest, but much cushier. You know, it was inside. (laughs) A very comfy hotel and warm. That's right. And uh, lots of people, too, like hundreds of Mm liberty-oriented people all in the same hotel. So you get the opportunity to, or the excuse, to come to New Hampshire to meet people who might just be your neighbors in the future. People who, you know, the Free State Project is about moving liberty-minded people to New Hampshire, getting active for freedom. And, uh, you know, it's a lifetime project. It's not Freedom's not coming around the corner. We've got a lot of work to do to actually get from here to there. And so that's why it really takes a dedicated crew of activists. We want to reach 20,000 people, get 20,000 people to make the move up here. We've already got 1100 here over 13,000 have pledged to make the move and hundreds of those people will be at the liberty forum so it's a great time to meet other people of like mind it's also a great time to hear some great speeches by people like Cory Doctorow, Jeffrey Tucker uh, from the Mises Institute, now laissez-faire books, Declan McCullough from CNET. Uh, he's been doing a lot of great reporting over the years. We've read a number of his articles on Free Talk Live. Declan McCullough is like the go-to guy when it comes to reporting on the government crushing internet freedom. This guy knows his stuff. Uh, and Tom Woods, who is going to be the keynote speaker at this uh, event on Saturday night. Now, there's going to be another keynote speaker on Friday night. That person has not been announced yet. I've maybe heard rumors about a p- possibility, but I don't want to say because I don't want to spoil anything. I could it's be totally, you, isn't it? I could be totally wrong. <laughs> no, it's not me. I have actually never seen any of the keynote addresses at any of the five uh, Liberty Forums that I've attended. Is because, that the one that speaks during the dinner? Correct. Okay. Uh, because I've always been working. We do we broadcast Free Talk Live live uh, every night from the Liberty Forum, so I don't get to see those. But you will, because you'll just be attending the forum. And uh, if you want to go to the dinners, by the way, the dinners, from what I was told today online, what I saw, Chris Lawless, the organizer of the Liberty Forum, has managed, I don't know how he did this, because I've looked into uh, organizing a convention as well. I don't know how he pulled it off, but he managed to actually squeeze an extra meal into the $200 ticket. Wow. So if you order the uh, the $200 ticket, it's 199 bucks. The price is supposed to go up on New Year's Day, from what I understand, so you want to lock in your price right now. But 200 bucks for a convention, period, is an incredibly affordable price. $200 for a convention that, inf- that will actually allow you several meals within that $200? That's amazing. We're talking about banquet uh, meals at dinner time, and also apparently they might have lunch and, and breakfast lined up as well. I don't know which ones on which days, but there there's going to be an extra meal this time included in the ticket, and the ticket price is the same this year as it was last year. I don't know how he did it. The dinner because, last year was really good. Did, was, it was a buffet. Yeah, and there was a great breakfast buffet last year, too. So uh, the food is included at the $199 price point, but if you really feel like you can't afford that, 
get the $100 ticket. You don't get to go into the food, you know, the, the dinners and buffets and such, but you still get to get into all the panel discussions and the speeches. So uh, go to freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. Get signed up as soon as possible before the rates increase. So freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. Oh, yeah. And speaking of Tom Woods. Uh, if you go to freekeen.com right now, scroll down the page just a little bit, you'll see an article. Tom Woods doubly endorses the Free State Project. His latest video on his YouTube channel, which has a fair amount of subscribers, by the way, about 15,000 subscribers on his YouTube channel. He's talking about the viral news that has come out of New Hampshire over the last few <laughs> days uh, where a, a – not a city councilor, but a, a state, rep state rep from Keene, uh, Cynthia Chase – she has come out and said that the free staters are the single greatest threat to the state. She also said that free staters are not welcome here. That's right. <laughs> and the ironic part, she's from Rhode Island. Right. She's complaining Ooh. about how we're moving in to change things, but that's what she did. We're the idiots. current governor, the governor-elect, and one of the U.S. senators who was a former governor of New Hampshire are all from out of state. Yep. So I guess it's okay to move here if you bring your big government statism with you. Well, that's the Cheshire way of life, liberty. apparently. She well, said that they have to protect the way of life here and that these free staters just have the wrong ideology. So they've got to uh, impose more draconian laws right. to make it less favorable to free stater types. Which, according to the analysis uh, from Brad Jardis, who just posted a fresh article at freekeen.com, he says that that's a violation of state law to ta- to create a, a a law that specifically targets a group of people to create laws with the intention of, for instance, keeping free state project participants out of New Hampshire. Sounds like a violation of Article 10 to me. Yeah. Uh, so go to freekeen.com. Check out this Tom Woods video. It's worth watching the full three minutes. But the endorsement that he has of the Free State Project is fantastic. He says in the video, quote, we should support the Free State Project, we meaning liberty-minded people. He says, I think it's a great idea, but now I'm doubly enthusiastic for it because now I feel like we have to do it just to drive this woman crazy. That's meaning right. The woman we're talking about. Move Cynthia out Chase. of spite. Tom Woods <laughs> needs to move here and then in seven years run for governor. Yeah, that'd be great. So you can do that, too. Go to freestateproject.org. Learn more about it. If you love liberty, that is. If you're like Cynthia Chase and you've got a real thing for controlling people, you're going to find life is getting more difficult here for you. Because the more activists come in, the more of an effect we're going to have. And if there was ever any proof that you needed that things are working here, you've got people who are status screaming online that they're frustrated about how annoying the free state project is that free staters are the greatest threat to the state no one's ever said that about the libertarian party that's a good point that is a very good point let's go to the phones and talk to zach listening in ithaca to wnyy hey zach zach yeah so i can talk about whatever i want right you are on the air go for it okay well, I do a lot of reading about North Korea. I think it's a fascinating place. Mm. Kind of started for me seeing the Vice Guide to North Korea. Yes, excellent, excellent series on the internet. There's actually two different Vice Guides to North Korea. I highly recommend them both. Stand by, Zach. We're going to continue with you and your thoughts here in a moment. 855-453. If you haven't seen the Vice Guide to North Korea, the first part and the follow-up where they're at the Siberian prison camp, you make a note. Go and see it. 
In fact, I'll pull it up and link over to it on our Twitter and Facebook here in a moment. 855-450-FREE. Take control. This is Free Talk Live. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio, podcast, satellite, webcam, and our live streams. But did you know you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere? Add this number to your phone, 213-493-0308. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Listen Lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 213-493-0308. That's 213-493-0308. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you would like. 855-453. SACL CAI toll-free line. Bring up anything you want. Tonight with you, it's Ian. Allie. And Daryl. Allie is available at AllieHavens.com. Daryl over at FPP.cc. And our number here, 855-453. We're going to continue with you and your thoughts. Zach, listening in Ithaca to WNYY. You were calling regarding North Korea. Fascinating, twisted bizarre scary place i've never been but i did enjoy the vice guide uh, to north korea that you suggested i linked to the original vice guide on our facebook and twitter for those who have not yet seen it and zach continue your thoughts well my heart goes out to these people you know with the shooting thing that happened they say you know we're past the stage of the country where we need guns like north korea is the perfect example of a country that you need a well-armed populace you know and I figured if we carpet bomb North Korea with, like, cans of peanut butter and, like, shotguns, like, overnight, these people would free themselves. I don't know, because, though, because, you know. like, so, yeah, I think when it really comes down to it, the North Koreans would rather be free than enslaved when it really comes down to it. But there is such a fear there. That's sort of part of this is that they've brainwashed oh, or yeah. at least scared the hell out of the people there enough that... In their day-to-day interactions, they talk about King Jong or Kim Jong Il or who is it Un now? Yeah, Kim Jong Un. Uh, like he's God, and that's the only because way they're allowed they're to told. speak about them. Well, right now, so the question and, and they is, they have these telescreen sort of things built into their houses that they can never turn the volume off. Really? They can only turn it down. It's wow, not exactly like a telescreen because the government can't watch them. Where did you see this one? Uh, there was a documentary on PBS mm-hmm. several years ago. Uh, Lisa Ling, I believe, was the reporter that actually got into North Korea. And, and they she, let her into the average person's home? They let her go speak with you know somebody that was presented as an average I North see. Korean. So my suggestion or my response, Zach, to the idea of dropping guns over North Korea is that— and food that obviously would get them on your side because they're starving a lot of them. Uh, but I also agree with Ali that they've been brainwashed pretty heavily. The question that we don't know the answer to, and maybe we'd find out if they were all of a sudden armed up. But the question we don't know the answer to is how many of them have been affected by this brainwashing versus how many of them are like on the underground? Because there's probably I know there's a resistance in North Korea. I've heard about them. 
but you don't get real reporting on it because there's no, in any way, any semblance of free media in North Korea. It's state-run media, and that's it. The state-run radio stations, you know, if you've got a radio in North Korea, it's tuned to one frequency. It's the uh, state-run radio station. Where does resistance go? Because... From what I understand, if you're thought to be resistant whatsoever, you and everyone you know goes into a concentration camp. Oh, yeah. Right. So, I mean, they exist, but they're pretty, you know, on the down low, this resistance. And the question is how much of the population, given the opportunity to openly revolt, as you're suggesting, Zach, would actually take that opportunity, would seize that, uh, that opportunity and do something about it versus cowering in fear of what might possibly happen to them. I think it would be really entertaining, too. It would make great TV. I think it would be really disappointing because I think it would be a bunch of guns sitting out and a bunch of people in hiding still and no one going and grabbing the guns. And There would probably be a bunch of people that would just kill themselves because they would rather be dead than live in the oppression that that they live in. That's another question. How many people do kill themselves in North Korea? These are all questions that have no answer because there's no one there to run these studies. There's no one there to ask these questions. There's no way to find out about North Korea beyond every every now and then someone like the Vice Guy team, uh, you know, going in and basically sneaking into the country. One of the episodes of the Vice Guide is essentially them, you know, going into North Korea without permission and managing to film average people which is a very difficult thing to do. I presume, Zach, you've seen the uh, some of the other documentaries about North Korea and what kind of the typical visit to North Korea is like? That was actually them going to North Korean labor camp in China or Russia or something. Like Siberia. Siberia, yeah. And... Uh... Isn't there a vice guide where they sneak in, though? I thought there was two of them. There's one where uh, they sneak into North Korea, and there's another one where they go into the uh, Siberian labor camp. You might have me there, man. Maybe I'm thinking of something else. I could be thinking of something else. I know know for a fact there are two vice guides to North Korea. Um, and I'm, you know, I, I haven't seen them both in recent days, so I don't recall exactly. But there is a documentary out there, and I think it's Vice. But there is a documentary out there where they basically sneak into North Korea and they are able to interact with uh, with average people because normally there's like a, an official track. And if you go and there is a vice guide, I know there's a vice guide where they go on the official track and it's ridiculous. Uh, but they, you know, they take you to this one hotel where. It's the hotel for everyone visiting North Korea, and many of the floors are closed off, so presumably there's probably nothing there. Um, And they have certain floors where you're allowed to be, and you can't leave the hotel unless your official state guide has come for you. The hotel has a moat surrounding it, so you could not leave the property if you wanted to leave the property. And you are taken on a state-approved tour of certain, you know, nationalistic... Uh, are there alligators in this moat? I don't know if they have gators in North Korea, but, it, you know, <laughs> it's supposedly make, made difficult for you uh, to leave the custody of your keepers. And S- Sounds very creepy. If you were to leave and be caught leaving, you probably would end up in a North Korean prison, uh, which would not be good.
So it's interesting because they take you on this tour of North Korea, which, of course, has nothing to do with what the average person in North Korea experiences. You go to, like, a restaurant, which, of course, North Koreans don't get to go to. Uh, There's one scene where the guy from Vice is sitting alone in this gigantic room with tables all in it, as though there would be, at some point, some kind of posh dinner party happening that you might see in a movie, for instance. But he's the only one there. And it's just creepy. this bizarre, creepy world where there are things that they have created to show you as though this was North Korea. But in point of fact, it's nothing like the real North Korea. It's just the official state tour. Anyway, Zach, continue with your thoughts. Well, uh, yeah, it's Shane Smith has got a pair on him to, like, they bribe their way to North Korea. Most people want their way out, you know? Yeah. And uh, it just it seems like there's people drop leaflets and... Apparently, the most desirable thing in North Korea are these little USB drives so people can sneak around, you know, information. We should drop Really? Those. We should be doing something to help these people out. This is yeah, news to me. Where did you hear 10, about the USB drive thing? There's uh, the top 10 consumer items uh, in North Korea. Uh, it was some, you know, if you Google that, you're going to get some British woman narrating about, you know, the marketplaces. And everyone wants charcoal briquettes because the power's out all the time. Like, it's the most backward hellish, weird place. I would like to know more about why USB drives are so popular in North Korea. My understanding, and it's limited, it's only from, you know, looking at documentaries, obviously. My understanding is that the average person in North Korea does not ever have access to a computer. So I'm wondering if that means there's underground laptops that are being, you know, somehow passed around. Probably. uh, And then that USB information could be very, very valuable at that point. But, you know, you're lucky to have anything. Res- you're you're rich in North Korea if you've got a DVD player. Zach, thanks for your call tonight, man. I appreciate hearing Thank from you. you. It's fascinating. So uh, I just to- pulled up the documentary that I was talking about with Lisa Ling. It's actually a National Geographic documentary. Okay. That's on my list of things uh, to watch on Netflix. Inside North Korea mm-hmm. is the title of it. And just the quick des- quick description from YouTube, it says, Go Undercover with National Geographic correspondent Lisa Ling. So apparently this is actually some sort of undercover sort of investigative journalism documentary. Uh, I thought she went through all of the proper channels to get there, but apparently not. Fascinating. I would love to see that, and I'm pretty sure it's it's on my Netflix list. Uh, 855-453. What was it called again? Inside North Korea. 855-450-3733. Anything you watch about North Korea will blow your mind. Take the time to do it. 855-453. Moments remain. Enough time for you and your thoughts, whether it's on North Korea or anything you want. Free Talk Live. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, Buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give five bucks a month to the AMP program. It's my firm belief that Free Talk Live's AMP program is the best use of your charitable dollar among liberty-oriented organizations. Support all the organizations you love. But make sure you give five bucks a month to AMP at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Moments remain, but enough time for you if you call in now. 218-55-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 855-453. Here in the studio, it's Ian. Allie. And Daryl. 
And you can join us on our website. Just head over to freetalklive.com. If you enjoy this program and would like to support Free Talk Live, become an amplifier. You can do it for as little as 5 bucks per month. We'll take that $5 in, invest it into Free Talk Live, get on more radio stations, bring more Internet listeners on board, expose new people to the ideas of freedom. And you can help us out. It makes a big difference when you AMP at amp.freetalklive.com. Plus, you get access to perks, bonuses like the AMP Only Forum, the AMP Only Podcast. Go and learn more and get amped at amp.freetalklive.com. And thank you if you do. And thank you if you have amped in the past. We'd love to have you back. Some people's, you know, life circumstances change and they have to cut back their budgets and they've cut back AMP. And sometimes they come back. So come on back over at amp.freetalklive.com. And again, much appreciated. Let's go to the phones and the fun. Talk to Larry in West Virginia, listening in Charleston to WVTS. Hey, Larry. Hey, how you doing? Hey, great. What's on your mind tonight? Well, uh, I was listening to that one gentleman trying to talk about, uh, like, how the uh, Rome, Roman Catholic Church was, like, going to diminish and fall or whatever to a point of weakness. But I, he's completely wrong on that subject. But then I, my, my, I wanted to steer away from that because, what he was talking about was total nonsense, and he did it's not even a retort for that. Um, well, there have been a lot of predictions over uh, over time, and most of them have been wrong. So odds are good well, that he'll yeah. be wrong. Well, yeah, I mean, if he's wanting to go by what the Bible says, you know, I understand the seven hills and things like that, and everybody wants to talk about this mark of the beast and everything I've ever heard anybody talk about. They're always talking about barcodes and everybody else like that, but... They failed to read in the text that it says it's the mark of a man. It doesn't say it's going to be the mark given out to every man. It says the number of the beast is the mark of a, on a man. It's a mark of a man, not people. So, you know, that's just not even worth talking about. But I was my question is, is that I want to talk about is our is the national deficit. You know, we're in so many, what, trillions of dollars now. And, you know... Who owes that money? The government doesn't That's owe right. that money that they that they borrow and spend. We do. No, 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 no. no. The government owes it. Well, we, we don't owe it. Did you sign taxes. a contract? Well, no. They take our taxes to pay it. But did you it sign is, a, a loan agreement? It, it's not a loan agreement. It's just who pays that back if the government doesn't? Well, they're going to force you to pay it back. But just because somebody exactly. puts a just because somebody puts a gun to your head and tells you to do something doesn't mean you're obligated, you know, in any real fashion. It's just that they're going to hurt you if you don't do it. What he's saying is that we, as U.S. citizens, are the collateral that they're putting up uh, if they don't pay back that, these loans. That, that's my point. Then mm-hmm. every man, woman, and child has is indebted if the government can't pay it back, which they're spending money so fast and so much that they don't have, then they just keep getting money from where? To spend. Where are they getting this money from that they're spending like crazy? And no, they print it. You know, they print the well, money a out. lot of it they borrow well, from I, China. I, I That's true, they, too. I, yeah. I know they print the money, but you've got to have, like she said, a collateral for that money to be worth something. Mm-hmm. If not, you might as well just take your money and wallpaper your walls with it because it's worth nothing. You're right, and they're making so, it worth less over time by uh, by printing more of it out. Uh, you're you're okay. correct. I mean, they hold but, us, and as Ali pointed out, they hold us as collateral against that debt. That's true. Okay. We don't sign no papers to that like you just asked. We don't sign any papers to that, you know, that we actually owe it, but they just automatically say, that, you know, hey. Well, a thief says that you need to give him money as well. 
It's it's just well, incorrect to say that we owe that money. We don't. They're holding us against. Uh, they're holding our labor against that debt as collateral. But if people stopped being so obedient, then there would be nothing they could do to collect. Okay. Now you fill out your tax forms on your own, or you hire someone well, to do it. Right. Understandably so. But say whoever you know, however this money is getting loaned out and spent, or whoever's loaned enough money, if you know, because it's got to come from somewhere. What if what would happen? This is my question. What would happen if they said, whoever it is says they say, "Hey, enough's enough. We want our money back. You know, time to pay up. Who pays it?" Good question. Uh, well, they they wouldn't be able to collect enough in any one moment from the average person, so they would have to turn on the printing presses in order to pay back somebody or like that. Or they could mint those well, trillion dollar platinum gotta, coins. That's well, true too. Well, you've got to have something to turn the printing presses on to make the money worth something. Because oh no 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 no! Just a point of clarification. Point point of clarification. You if if you know if China makes a a billion dollar loan to the U.S. and then all of a sudden they you know, somehow are able to say we want our money back right away. There's probably terms on it. But if they were able to say we want our money back today, uh, then the only way they could pay that back in a moment would be to inflate the money supply, and that would make the money worth less. I mean, that's just how it is. Yeah. And then that falls back to us. Correct, because less. because as the money becomes worth less, the dollars in your pocket become worth less, and your buying, you know, your ability to live, your standard of living goes down, and yeah, absolutely it falls on us, okay. as long as we continue okay. using their money. But if you've got right. money that's not their money, if you've got gold and silver, if you've got bitcoins, right. for instance, then no, they cannot hurt you if you have your dollars changed into something else, because then they can't, they yeah. can't print out bitcoins, and they can't mine right. gold and silver. Yeah, that's like, yeah, like, yeah, say you're holding your own gold and your own silver instead of you have cash. That's understandable. Now, the point, what, what the other part of this is kind of like a compound thing. Um, yeah, they say, you know, we print the money, it gets a little bit less, and then, you know, the American public, once, once they're saying, hey, you know, money's not going to be worth much, you're going to be making a lot less, because the dollar's going to be worth nothing, everybody's going to start wondering, you know, how are we going to pay, because, you know, gallons of milk, dollars for gas, you know, Everything you got to do, and every time they give you a raise in your in the minimum wage, just at that point, you know, if you notice, when they give when they give you the raise, the minimum wage, you know, uh, everything else goes up as long. That's with right. It. So really, you're not making any more money. It's just like a it's like a magic trick kind of. That's exactly like, right. You know, so then, so if if it gets that bad, and the American public finally gets to the point, they say, hey. Enough is enough. We're not going to do it. And then they're talking about another, you know, another civil war, you know, over that kind of thing. Because, you know, but what what happens is it gets to the point where they say, hey, enough is enough. And the American public wants to stand up and tell the government you can't rule us no more because it was been on sale. Well, that'd be awesome so if uh, people actually that. had the, the level of courage that it would take to stand up and say enough is enough. I don't agree with going to war. I think that peace is the well, only way to achieve peace. Well, but peace is the way, but, you know, sometimes, you know, throughout history— Many times peace come along, there's always a war before that. You're right. I mean, it's likely that people are going to lash out. It's likely that people are going to get Mm -hmm. violent. I think that's a mistake personally, but you're correct. To observe history is to observe that. Well, well, history always repeats itself. Unfortunately, it it does seem to, doesn't it? Well, it's a proof of 
it's proven. It's always it repeats itself. Well, there's certainly plenty of evidence to uh, to show that that's true, but that doesn't mean that we can't break that cycle, right? That we couldn't be the first group of people to refuse to fight uh, with violence and instead instead go through non cooperation or civil disobedience. Well, you you also see that throughout, you know, from the '60s up, uh, people would do you know nonviolent protests, but then. uh, you know, they still get the fire hoses turned on them and the billy clubs smacked to their heads. And There's no easy way out of this. Ass. No doubt about well, it. I well, thank you for the call tonight and the thoughts, Larry. I appreciate hearing from you, man. Thanks. Uh, 855-450-FREE. I just think that responding in violence to anything just shows a certain amount of desperation. I think that that's why the state depends on violence, because they're peddling really bad ideas that require violence to be carried out. And I think that the liberty movement is based on good ideas. I don't think it requires violence for them to spread and prosper uh, in society. So my hope is that there is no violence required. And I think if it comes to that, then ultimately it's just going to be a failure because I don't think that that's how this is going to work. If your ideas are good enough, then people will ultimately accept them without the use of force. Yeah, for sure. And uh, violence brings you, in my opinion, down to their level. That's the stuff that they use. They use violence as their tool. So if you can keep yourself peaceful, and studies have shown, I think it was Erica Chenoweth we had on the show to talk about, uh, you know, she wrote a book about how nonviolent resistance is far more effective, especially these days, than is violent resistance. We've got the internet. We can show their violence crystal clear. You look at a great movie like uh, victim, uh, Derek J's Victimless Crime Spree. Derek J is clearly the victim in that particular movie, but yet he's the one who goes into the jail cell. I mean, it makes it real crystal clear who the violent people are, and it's the people calling themselves the government. And as long as we remain peaceful and keep those cameras rolling, it'll be crystal clear to anyone who's paying attention. And Gandhi proved that nonviolent resistance does work. Indeed, and we'll keep proving it here. As we continue on, but not tonight. We'll be back tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. Don't forget to join Allie on her website, Allie Havens. That's right, AllieHavens.com. And then Daryl's site, fpp.cc. See you tomorrow night. The successes are piling up and proving the Free State Project is a real movement and no longer just a great idea. When you're planning your move to New Hampshire, consider Keene. Keene is famous for its civil disobedience and non-cooperation, and there's plenty of political opportunity as well. Though it's more than just activism, with regular social events each week. See what's happening at freekeen.com and get connected with video, audio, one of the busiest Liberty Forums in New Hampshire, and more at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com.